This episode of Taking It to the House was brought to you by EBH Fitness Studios. It's a way of life. I'm Dr. C. Victor Herbin III, and I'm taking it to the house. Good evening, good morning, good day, wherever you are. I'm T- Dr. Timothy Hoover, and I want to welcome you to Taking It to the House. I'm Dr. Jania Hoover, and what we're taking to the house today, we got to talk about these NBA finals. So as we're filming, the game's actually going on. So by the time you see this, we will be on, we'll know the outcome of the fourth game and either the Suns will be up three to one or they'll be even at two, two and headed back to Phoenix. So Victor, what are your thoughts about where we are right now? Well, first off my thoughts, if anyone's been watching the last three weeks, my predictions are a hot mess. So we can even watch this show, finish this show, watch the game, and I'll probably still get it wrong. So my thoughts, I'm looking forward to a good game. <laughs> Giannis has had the prime uh, coach, Budenhoser, who I was calling for his job a couple weeks ago. He's actually trying to coach him up. So I'm excited to see what the future holds in the next hour and a half, two hours. But definitely I was interested or surprised to see how uh, the Suns are Sound like they're a little regressing. In, in particular, Booker, the self-proclaimed or how the media's new darling of the new Kobe, which I cannot, I, I did not enjoy that even comparison this early on in his career. Um, well, he's a no-show. Uh, the last game was a no-show. And so really interested to see has this moment become too big for him? Uh, can Chris Paul lead this team? So now I'm looking more again to these, the stories, the, the, the subplots. And uh, and that's what I'm more interested in and find out how, how that may, uh, uh, how the answer may come about in the next couple hours. So that's where I'm at with that. I'm just excited that we have NBA Finals. You guys remember where we were last year, right about this time. Uh, we just had difficulties because of COVID and they didn't have a plan until we went to the bubble. So thank you that we have the NBA Finals. The Bucks, well, I... We're at two to one right now. The Suns are leading. The Suns did what they were supposed to do at home and the Bucks did what they're supposed to do up to this point right now, two to one. And they're at home tonight. Is that the real Bucks, my question, or is that the real Suns to, for the Suns to lose in that manner, in that way? It, what was it, a 20 plus point difference, almost 30 points? Giannis though, you've got to give him his props. You know, he's a terrible free throw shooter. Everybody talks about him. He can't shoot from three. However, it doesn't stop him from going to the paint and doing what he does best, where he's just that dominating. So, love his game. Did Budenholzer make this change, or did Giannis just wake up all of a sudden? Did he grow up? Did he figure out that he's this bad dude, that he was a two-time MVP, that he was a defensive player? Is he? What happened? What, did he bend that knee, did, and, and did something happen to his brain? Is this just the new Giannis, or are we subject to find ourselves going back and reverting back to old habits. So I'm really interested to see how game four is going to play out. We talked about it in the green room, in the chat rooms, and, and, and across media. The home crowd is supposed to give you a few points, a few wins. Drew Holiday and your boy uh, 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 Chris Middleton, they showed up. So the others in chat's words showed up. Giannis is balling. Chris Milton and Drew Holiday, if they show up and play like this, we're going to have a 2-2 two, two series. But I'm like you, Vic. I'm not going to call it. Hell, we can go back to the Super Bowl. I missed that too. So I'm 
I'm done. I'm not going to call any more games. I'm going to wait till the game is over. Then we might air and talk about how good of a, of a forecaster I am. But I'm a terrible a predictor. I'm just going to say, sit back, enjoy the game. I still think in, in, in my mind, the Suns are better. But if the, if the Bucks play like they're playing Vic and Jania, if they play like they played last game and that is truly them, the Suns are in trouble. But let's sit back, relax, enjoy the game. I agree. Um, I think when we look at the best team on paper, it belongs to the Milwaukee Bucks. It belongs to them. You just laid out Giannis's uh, short resume, MVP, defensive. I mean, he has the pieces. He has those intangibles. We have always been consistent in our analysis of him. We have critiqued him at not being that guy. Right now, he's showing tendencies that he possibly could be that guy, but until he closes the deal, he's not going to be that guy. But to your point, you're putting up these 40 points. Maybe maybe something happened to your point while he was uh, resting his knee. Um, maybe that series against the new uh, Brooklyn Nets showed him, if you want to be an alpha, look what KD just did to you and your whole squad. Now, here it is. You had the opportunity to probably rethink uh, your, your, your game plan and your mindset while you're recovering from a hyperextended knee. And now here you're back. And now you're showing another side of you that we all have not seen, yet we all want it. So if he comes like he has shown and leads the team and does what he's supposed to do best, like you said, in the paint. Dude, you got too much wingspan, too much height to try to play old school uh, uh, Steph Curry or John Paxson or somebody shooting, you know, shooting threes. Get in the paint and get dirty. You are the most talented person down there. You make eight look like a kid. Do what you got to do. So maybe this is what gives him that confidence of saying, wow, if I play my game, not what I see everyone else doing, play my game, he may be able to bring a championship back to Milwaukee and be known as the heir apparent, may be known as that guy, but at least he'll fall down in, in Milwaukee Bucks uh, history like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did. Yeah, I was the main one. I was the main one really dogging Giannis and, and saying that he wasn't that guy. But like I said then, in order for him to even be in that conversation, he's got to get to the finals. So not only has he gone, made it to the finals, he did it coming off an injury that looked much worse than it was. And he really put that team on his back, both with his play and despite of his horrific uh, free throw shooting and just really firing up his guys. So regardless of the outcome, to me, he has turned that corner. You make it to be one of the last two teams in uh, last two teams standing, you're good. You know, you're adding, he's added that to, to the resume. Now, hopefully for him, he can add a chip as well, but I'm never going to, you know, down his skills, his leadership, his ability, because he has shown up and shown out this year. Unc, what you got? Yeah, so we're talking about Giannis and his back-to-back uh, -back 40 point game. And so is he that guy? Well, he's turned the corner, I agree. He's figured it out. But conversely, what's Booker doing? What the hell? No, we can't make a Kobe comparison. We can talk about 
you just not doing what Booker should be doing. Sat down by your coach in the fourth quarter of the last game. Matter of fact, came out in the third quarter. Coach sat you down. Well, let's stop the Kobe comparisons right there. Coach may have thought about sitting Kobe. Kobe's going to say, nah, partner, let's look at them zeros at the end of that paycheck. You sit your ass down. Kobe's not coming out. He's going to shoot those air balls. Y'all remember what I'm talking about in his, I think it was his first finals or first playoff, not finals, excuse me. But he was launching. Brother was launching. He was telling you who I'm going to be in 15, 20 years. I am this guy. I'm going to fire. Booker, keep firing. Play your game. You're not Kobe. Let's just, you do what you do best and you keep doing it. But you need to be more efficient and you need to lead, not just from scoring, but you also can rebound. You need to defend. And right now you're being picked on. Chris Paul, I love your game. You were in the MVP talk, but he's not enough. And it takes a whole team. And I think Phoenix, again, I, I believe you have the better team, but you're showing me otherwise in this last game. So Booker, I point the finger at you. Really, uh, you contributed significantly. Because for that loss last game, I am interested to see how you show up this game on the road. And I'm going to call it a pivotal game for the Bucks, but it's just as pivotal for you, Phoenix, because you need to be 3-1. You give them this much swag, you give them this much confidence, you let them tie it up at 2-2, you're going to go back to yours, and then you're going to go back to Phoenix, and they're going to be that much more confident. Love this series so far. But which team shows up tonight. I can't wait. I can't wait to watch the game. Uh, you make up a great point, though. Let's look at the track record of Booker. And again, we've already we've already killed the point. We've already laid the point that he is not a Kobe and stop comparing him. But one thing that he has shown consistency, mentally, he's not there. Every round, someone's got in his head. Every round, he has had, he laid out a dud. And that is the piece where right there, if we're going to just go ahead and neutralize this Kobe debate, you couldn't get in Kobe's head. You couldn't do it. Even in his young years, you talked about it. He is sitting up there shooting air balls, and, but he's still going. He's not allowing the moment to get bigger than him. Booker, you're showing me something, brother, right now. Mentally, you can't do this right now. And so that's something as he evolves into a professional and if he wants to be considered the best of the best, he's got to be able to get out of his own mind's way. And right now, it seems like he has that uh, – he, he he's not tracking mentally and is not strong enough to get over these kind of hurdles. And that's going to hurt him in the long run. I want to talk about the others for Phoenix. You talk about Aiton playing ball. But, but uh, Crowder, he's hitting his threes, but – not being able to really necessarily to stop Giannis. And so Giannis is making everybody look really like they're uh, JV League defenders. And now, so the adjustments for, uh, to me, Phoenix that have, they have to do, they're going to have to double Giannis, which leaves everybody open, even and makes them that much more deadly. Because y'all know, last game, where was Brook Lopez? He, it, even, if he wasn't on the bench, he was at the three-point line, a seven-footer at the three-point line. That's where today's game is. But they brought in Bobby Portis. But Giannis was going to work. And he was going one-on-one -on -one with Aiden. Got Aiden in foul trouble. Crowder couldn't stop him. Nobody could stop him. Everybody knows if you want to stop Giannis, that proverbial wall needs to be brought up. Hands. He needs to see hands. And he needs to see six pair of eyes or five pair of eyes, however many pair of eyes, need to be in the paint. 
and that makes them that much more deadly. So Giannis, no, you keep coming, put the pressure, compact their defense, open up those threes for your, your team, and, and, and you're going to win. You're going to win in spite of what I want or what I think. You will command respect from everybody else. You will command respect from the Phoenix defense and just pray that your fellas knock down an open three. You're the only guy out there really that really demands a, a double team. And so now Phoenix has to decide, are they going to let you get 40 points, 50 points, stand in the paint and do what you will, or they're going to limit you, what you can do and make the others flourish? You know? So what adjustments do you guys make, Phoenix? And then Giannis, what do you have to do to counter their, their adjustments? So again, let's see how game four plays out, guys. Uh, so you stated, I said earlier, I believe Milwaukee Bucks is the better team. I'm looking at Giannis, I'm looking at Middleton, I'm looking at Drew Holiday. Seasoned vets, it's a solid big three. You got Lopez. I mean, you pretty much got a pretty well-rounded season crew. You just said that Phoenix, you believe Phoenix is the better team. Uh, is yes. that true? Or what, what makes you think they have, what, what gives you the edge uh, on that piece? Okay, uh, well, equally all-stars, you got two all-stars on each tie. You got Booker and CP3 on the Phoenix, and then you got Chris Middleton and then you got uh, Giannis. So two all-stars on each team. Drew Holiday, a former all-star. But the but but if you recall our conversation, uh, you convinced me about coaching. And coaching up to this point, Monty Williams made the, makes the difference on how he plays and uses his personnel. So I believe coaching tilts everything into Phoenix's point, and he makes in-game adjustments a whole lot better. And clearly, everybody knows their roles. So Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday, they really flourished when, and you saw the games, when Giannis was injured, when he wasn't playing in the previous series, how they stepped their game up. And and, and they seemingly, when he came back, had to find out what, what kind of mix, what kind of flow, what, kind, what do we need to do, how do we need to do it? And so they're figuring it out to me on the fly, but they did a hell of a job in this last game, again, the first game that they played in Milwaukee. I just don't know if that's part of their personality because I feel as though they're going to revert back. So you make an outstanding point. They're more seasoned than they've been in the playoffs, uh, but with early exits in the last few years. And so they should be performing a lot better than what they were doing, but I don't necessarily think they're the better team. They don't move the ball as much. They're so reliant on uh, uh, Giannis to facilitate and make it happen, okay, in, in, in previous years. And even in this year, they were showing that. But last game and game two in Phoenix, Giannis was distributing the ball. Yeah, he still got 40 points, but people, other people were getting involved. But I don't think that they leaned so much on him versus the Phoenix less reliant on, on Booker to really make it happen or CP3. P, P, CP3, excuse me, is just a facilitator and he just sets up the game and he um, uh, slows down the pace and he gets people in the spot where they need to. And what, do you, what about, is it Cam Johnson off the bench? What he's able to do? He put nuts on somebody's chin. I think it was Tucker. And, and then they keep, bringing, they keep bringing people right off the bench and everybody knows their role and less reliant on Booker or CP3 to make, just, just lead the way. No, they're leaders, but, but not necessarily by uh, points or, or everything else. He just, CP3 is just a, a point guard, traditional point guard. So I stick with the Suns. 
how I want interested in what you think or Janine thinks on who's the better team, but don't go by record necessarily. I, I think, uh, yeah, I think to your point, uh, Milwaukee's playing in spite of their coach, not because of their coach. I don't, I, I already said, uh, I think last series, the coaching edge went to Nate McMillan. The coaching edge here goes to Monty. Uh, as far as talent, as far as team, uh, I still give the edge to Milwaukee. Uh, but you're right, as a coach who gets the best out of their team, Monty. Uh, so I don't know if I really answered the question. I think Milwaukee has a better team. I think they're playing in spite of their coach. And you'd asked that question earlier. Is Giannis doing this because Budenholzer all of a sudden figured it out? Or did Giannis say, I cannot depend on my coach to make this happen? I know who I am. I know what I am. And we're going to get this done. Um, we talked about it before. We would not be surprised if they won a championship and they still fired the coach because they, he that management has probably realized that we have a great team, but not necessarily the best coach to lead this team to its full potential. Yeah, and I, I called Suns a while ago. I still think they're better. Um, of course, if they lose, then I get it. But I, I haven't seen anything yet to make me change that. And it's for the point that you just made, Victor. It is the, the Suns, to me, have the more complete package. So um, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. But I like that you guys brought up that coaching piece, because we all know that that, that coach plays a, a, a crucial role. And all things considered, a good coach that knows how to maximize their strengths and minimize the weaknesses of their of their personnel is going to be the one that will not just be able to win one series, but they will be able to win multiple series, multiple years with multiple teams. So we've had a lot of shifts and new hires um, in the NBA specifically this offseason. And while we've seen some improvements on the diversity side in terms of race, we haven't in terms of gender. So what do you... What do you think about that, Unc? So um, you can't tell, uh, they call them governors now, not owners. So I still have to get used to that. So we talked about it before, the owner or the governor can hire whoever they want. It is a multi-million, billion dollar industry. <clears throat> so I can't tell them how to spend their money. I can only suggest. Uh, I like the hires that are out there. We're talking about the Jason kids. We're talking about the Chauncey Billups. Uh, uh, Yudoko uh, for Boston and several others and people of color. I, I like what I'm seeing, but I wonder if the, it was just window dressing if they mentioned the female names, you know? So the Blazers were the first one to talk about uh, Becky Hammond. We're considering Becky Hammond. She's a, she had a second interview and everybody down here in San Antonio was so excited for Becky. And, and yet we still talk, she's not going anywhere. She's gonna stay right here and wait for Pop to leave the Spurs and maybe take over the helm for the Spurs. So I really believe it was just a lot of, excuse me, a lot of window dressing to look like we are woke. We are diverse. We're looking at the female hires. So I asked myself, what's the most qualified taking? Nobody's been on the sideline, maybe Udoka, 
longer than Becky. And I'm going to leave that right there. I'm going to leave that right there. Nobody's been on the sideline longer than Becky. And then Sam Cassell, he's been on the sideline a long time, and you barely heard whispers of him. So I just wonder, was the most qualified hire? Do we have a good old boy network going on? Uh, Becky, to me, is qualified. She may not have fit your culture or your system. And then again, the locker room has to be ready to take that female hire on as well. So uh, I, I'm not upset. I'm just asking myself these questions. I'm a man of three daughters, love my ladies, love my women, have mad respect for them. And Becky Hammond deserves respect. I'm glad her name did come up. She is being mentioned. And so her work does speak for itself. And at the same time, I believe she is grooming herself for one job and one job only, and that's for the Spurs. I want to thank right coach, right time, right place. I put my HR hat on. I would rather Becky wait in the winds for the right opportunity that she can excel. I do not want her to get a team that's destined to lose just so someone says we checked the block. I don't want her going to a, a franchise that has um, that has poor organizational structure. You know, when this happens, I want her to be in the best opportunity because she is a qualified coach. She's already, we already know she's a qualified. There's many qualified coaches. But if you're a Josh McDaniel studying underneath Bill Belichick, do you really want to go to a, to a, the New York Jets or to another cellar dweller team, the Detroit Lions, when you're studying behind the master and you know you continue studying? honing your craft and when the opportunity presents itself and he makes the phone calls to the right team to get to and trust that he has that level of influence, that much respect within the league that when he says, this is my, this is mine, this is my protege, that now those doors open up. Sometimes it's great just to sit and wait and continue to be polished as that gem. So when you are released, there's no question. And I would like to believe that that's what's happening. I'm encouraged the fact that they did mention her name. I'm encouraged that we talked about a couple of weeks ago that the league, the NBA is the most progressive league, that they're taking opportunities to, uh, to tackle social activism, uh, to look at uh, inequities. Years ago, they were the first to, to celebrate uh, LGBTQ and, and even uh, uh, hired a general manager, I believe, uh, that was a member of LGBTQ, and they celebrated that. This is before the NBA, uh, NFL even wanted to dibble and dabble to, uh, to, to welcome an NFL player. So when I see those things on the NBA historically, they have done their part. And so as the governors continue to work their magic, what have you, I think Becky still has an opportunity. I'm just excited they mentioned her name. This year alone for women's rights and women's recognition in the NBA, we talked about uh, you know, NBA uh, female owners. We're talking about uh, 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 referees in a league. So I, I'd rather them get it right versus uh, just, just keep this, do it, this, this, do it, this at the time and not be strategic. And I believe in Pop. Pop for 20 plus years and what he's done for San Antonio Spurs franchise and giving her the opportunity. So quite naturally, I believe she's the heir, his heir apparent. Agreed. Um, I agree with both of you. I never expected her to get hired this year, 
Part of me thinks that she went through that to go through the process to to be ready to to meet people. Maybe she's deciding who's going to be on her team. But just like what you uh, what you just said, Victor, there's no way that someone will want to go from a program that is a system that is uh, stable, that knows success, that does things the right way, just to go somewhere where you're not going to have that support, where you're not going to have that net, where you don't already have those those connections. So I'm with you. I did not think that they were going to hire um, a woman to be a head coach. I do think that she'll be the first one. But like you two, I think it will be with San Antonio whenever Pop hangs hangs him up. Speaking of Popovich, he's so. now the coach for for the USA team. And I'm sorry, Jenny, I just I, I just wanted to share this and, and maybe we can discuss this just a little bit. But Pop is having a rough go for the USA national team, y'all. Um, and there are some people that say maybe he's the wrong hire. Uh, I, I don't think these recent losses are on Popovich. It's just timing, if you will. So what do you guys think about Pop and the USA team and, and them losing these two exhibition games? Give me some feedback. Where, where are your thoughts on this? It, do we have cause for concern when we lose two games, a game against Nigeria and I forget, Australia is the other loss, and then we come back and we beat uh, Argentina uh, last night. So is there a reason or a cause for concern there? Yeah, I think, um, but I will never question Pop. I question those players, but I guess we go back to our old adage, it's the coach. I mean, it's always going to fall on the coach, but coaches, co Coach Popovich's resume speaks for itself. These players are American prima donna players who have a different expectation in the NBA and not realizing when you play against world the world games, uh, one, how they adjust to referees, not calling ticky-tack fouls, that kind of stuff. They have not been through the gauntlet that the, early, the dream team uh, grew up in and those early uh, USA basketball teams. So I think some of this is a growing pain. So you also got to look at um, <laughs> a year ago, we're, we talked about we're in COVID. And so how much rest did these players get? Did they have a chance to gel? Typically at this point in the normal season, NBA season would have been done already in June. So even when the Olympics come up, the NBA season would have, the champions would have been crowned mid-June. Others would have been done between April and May. Olympics happen in July. So there's that other piece of building the team, uh, the chemistry issues. So I would not put pop out to pasture. Uh, I would I would question the players. I would question other factors before I say uh, it's pop. But uh, I do have cause of concern if they can't uh, mount up a, a get it together. And who is that true leader? And then we look at that's the piece. Who on that team is the leader? Are we looking at KD to be the leader? Who is the leader? It's not LeBron there. We don't have Kobe, not Magic Johnson. It's not Michael Jordan. Who is the alpha amongst them? They all are talented players, but who's that dude amongst that dudes? That's the difference, too. I just don't think that because the players are representing the American flag that they're automatically better and that the other teams are just going to roll over for them. So... 
I don't think that they're necessarily going to lose just because they lost these two exhibition games. But if they do not play like the better teams, they are definitely beatable. Even if these are the best of the best and people come from all over the world to play in the NBA, you still have to show up. And when these players that leave their home countries to come play in the NBA, go back home to play with their countrymen, they are ready for the US. They want nothing more than to beat the team that comes from that prima donna, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollar uh, league. So I don't think that there's cause for concern, but I do think they should be concerned because they are definitely beatable. I think that the American players have forgotten that that level of parity of world basketball has has measured has now reached a level where again why am I going to feel the American why do I fear America the USA basketball team we understand the Michael Jordans coming off the uh, that dream team in the nineties we understand who you were playing but that's thirty years ago we, we there, there's come to a point where we cannot keep looking at those press clippings and walking around with this level of arrogance saying oh I'm the USA basketball team I'm walking on the court and everyone's going to crumble no not the case. Luka Doncic, <laughs> he's taking his team, you know, and you got you got players that can play. And so I, I like what you said, Jania. Um, the level of parity is 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 beyond measure now uh, when we look at international basketball play. Yes. Uh, I'm like you, Jania, and both of you actually. Cause for concern, yes, you just can't roll the ball out there and automatically it's, it equates to a win. It is not. Uh, the 1992 Dream Team, uh, where they just rolled everybody, Charles Barkley, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird. Man, we're talking about the Dream Team, the original Dream Team, who couldn't afford to lose and was going to uh, inflict damage and show their dominance. And that was so, so long ago. Some of these guys, we talk about KD, he was just playing for the Nets a week ago. You know, it wasn't that long ago. So to assimilate to get themselves together and to act like a team when the Australians of the world, the Argentinas of the world, no, they've been playing together for years. This team is coming together in less than a week. And so that is the cause for concern because we have not assembled ourselves to be and play like a team. Whether you have a leader, alpha male, it's role defining. And so they are having to find the roles and Popovich is kind of building and flying this plane and it's not even built yet. How do, who do, when do kind of thing as a coach. And so his hands are full and I won't blame him. I just think it's timing. Timing is not in our best interest. So that's the major cause of concern. We just didn't have the time to get ourselves together, but play with pride, play with intensity, play with enthusiasm. Uh, it's more, pride, more of a glorified AAU game uh, and yet they're professionals. And so they're really going to have to learn to uh, to play together. That's all. There is nobody on that team or in the, in the competition better than KD. No one. But he can't win or play by himself. And so somebody has to set screens. Somebody has to decide, okay, uh, we got to play defense and then we got defensive rotations. All that is a scheme. And so it's very difficult to just make it happen. I'm not making excuses. We're the better team. But, excuse me, Individually, as pieces, we're the better team, but collectively, we are we are not and can be beat. Absolutely. Well, 
We have come to that time yet again. This time just flies by. Um, we're almost done with the NBA. We're rolling right into the Olympics and then it's time for football. So buckle up y'all, enjoy the ride. We will see you next week. Victor, what you got? Enjoy the game. Again, I've retired my prognostication skills. So my final burn is just to enjoy the game. I will tell you, I told you so next week. And then I always win. So enjoy. Check us out on our social media. We're having a great time out there. Please be safe and do the right thing. My closing burn, the Delta variant, COVID. So a lot of states have reduced restrictions and they have eliminated restrictions. And guess what? School's about to start up. I got a teacher on this particular panel. I'm concerned about her. I got teachers in my family. We got to be concerned about our kids. The Delta variant is affecting the kids and they're passing away, dying at an alarming rate. COVID is still here, guys. And so even though your governor may have said no more restrictions, meaning no more mask wear, no more social distancing. That doesn't mean we can't hand sanitize and be clean, okay? So I suggest that we still keep our distance as much as possible, get vaccinated, but if you choose not to, please just be respectful of space and place. And this is serious. And the concern is this wave could be worse than the last. I respect you, love you, want to say thank you for joining us for another show of Taking It to the House. God bless you. We'll see you next week.